Alright lads, this podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcast and network. Visit VicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling. Sometimes you get bored of N64, so let's watch wrestling till our eyes get sore. We love the Tevoli, but there's so much more wrestling around the world. Making friends and making times and wrestling round the world. Everybody to episode three of Sarah and Sarah wrestling around the world. I am Surfer Sting Sarah. And I am fake sting, Sarah. And thank you so much for making it to episode three. We are going to round off the year in this episode, finish off our three-part series of 2017, the year in review. It's been a good one. been a good year. It's good listening back. It has. You would think that now that we're near the end of the year, it'd be fresher in our minds, but I'm not even so sure about that anymore. I think it just starts to blend in. That's what happens. It all blends. It's just so much wrestling. Yeah. But no, the last the last four months were really great. Thanks everyone who's listened to episode one and episode two. Hopefully we're going to get some figures on that later in the week. We launched our Twitter page on the last episode. And we were hoping to get to a massive 10 followers. We aim high here. And that was without following anyone else first. And I am proud to announce that we have 32 followers. That's incredible. And Voice of Wrestling. We have 29 followers. Thank you to the 29 of you who have followed because <laughs> I did not expect that. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm so positive, but uh, yeah, that's great. 29 is a good number. And I've looked through it and they, they're real people. That porn they bot are... isn't following us anymore, no? Our bot friend is in fact still following us, I think. Oh. I think she still counts, even though it says you won't see suspended accounts and she's not listed. But I will never forget her. Uh, an OG fan, as I'd like to say. We've done our test now with getting 32 followers without following anyone first. And so now I think I just follow everyone and see how many follower backs we can get yeah. <laughs> next week. Go for it. No shame. Uh, might not play that game. We will see. <laughs> Yeah, September. I'm actually, I just looked through everything that happened and I feel like there's a lot going on in September that I maybe didn't watch in September, but like over the course of a few months I ended up consuming a lot of shows from that time. Yeah, September, I guess the biggest news well, in, in my circle of wrestling anyway was Flow Slam saying goodbye. As we go on, we remember. Oh, that seems like a long time ago. It does. I was Low Slam subscriber. I, I went all in. I went full year in for the $150, ah. $50. And I thought it was going to be a lot bigger than it was. But I enjoyed I enjoyed what we got. Well, that's good. Like, as long as you personally did. I, I didn't sign up, but I always thought the concept was, was a really smart idea. And I think they all, at the start, I was like, this is something that's, if done right, it's going to be huge. But unfortunately not. Yeah, they just got hit so hard with WWE. But yeah, said goodbye to Flow Slam. We hardly knew you. Ten months, maybe. About ten months. But yeah, we got like sort of a refund and Powerbomb offered some free months. And I know some other streaming services offered free months to Flow Slam subscribers. I never actually took anyone up on those offers of free months. But it was really cool to see like the different streaming companies just kind of offering, I guess, people who pay for wrestling content just something to soften the blow and 
to be fair, Flo Sam, we did get our money back. Uh, yeah, I came home from work on Friday evening and I was looking forward to watching Evolve that night and it all blew up. And I thought I wasn't going to be able to watch Evolve and... I was just being dramatic for the sake of being dramatic on, on Twitter. I mean, I, I really didn't care. <laughs> That's exactly what Twitter is for. I really didn't care. I mean, I was looking forward to watching Evolve, and I wasn't going to be doing anything else either. I would have just went to bed earlier. Like, it, it would have been fine. <laughs> but we ended up getting that show for, for $5 anyway, and they still managed to stream it through their own means, which was kind of good last minute that they managed to do that that night, and that show actually wasn't that good anyway. Oh, but <laughs> oh wow. Oh, well. Um, then back in Ireland, what was going on? We had OTT Wrestle Pops and we had OTT Contenders 3. Yeah, um, Wrestle Pops. That was the show with the amazing cereal boxes. Yes, I didn't personally get them, but my two brothers, no, one of my brothers got one. And I think it's one of the funniest ideas I've ever had. I think they did it so well. It was. It, for anyone who doesn't know they had like miniature cereal boxes like you got when you were a kid in the variety packs and they had posted the poster of the show onto the front of them and they had split the box of cereal and inserted some cards of the wrestlers and everyone got one signed card and I think there was about eight cards in the box and you also got the cereal that was in the box and there was like a massive queue and it was only one per person because I queued up and I was going to get one for my friend as well he was there for asking but I just said I'd get one and I was told no you'd have to queue again for a second box <laughs> so, oh my God. and by the time I'd queue again they would have all been gone I could tell so I just got the one box and I got some really cool trading cards inside it and I haven't eaten the cereal I know Barry ate the cereal the next day uh, for his breakfast a complete Wrestle Pops weekend, you could say. Yeah, a complete Wrestle Pops weekend is a child's bowl of cereal um, for his breakfast. But yeah, I, I should probably take them out of the box before they go mouldy and ruin oh, yeah. the box. This show was, people. a lot of people thought it was a weaker show, but I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I think like it, it felt a bit empty on the night. And I think the atmosphere maybe wasn't as electric as it was because I think during the summer, it, the shows were so good and they were so packed. But yeah, I agree. It was an enjoyable show. The Jordan Devlin David Star match is probably still my favorite Jordan Devlin match. Mm, that was uh, so good. It was really good. So I love David Star anyway, and I I knew a lot of people didn't really know him coming into this match. But other than that, I mean, Zach Gibson was good on the night. We had the inaugural cereal bowl match in the main event, which was a uh, it was something that happened. <laughs> No, there were some really good spots in it, but it, it was tainted by some spots that went awry, and it just, it, you know, something seemed to be a bit missing from it, I think. Yeah, there was, the final entrant was a surprise, and it ended up being Justin Shape, who had a match previously in the night, and it was also Justin Shape's last match in OTT, so it just kind of felt like maybe it wasn't meant to be Justy, it was meant to be somebody else, and... That didn't happen, and then they just put him in. Yeah, maybe, but he did great in the match anyway. No, definitely. I think if you need someone to be a quick replacement and someone who's going to be like a steady hand in the ring, I think Justy's a great choice. So also in that match was Elegero, Curtis Murray, Will Osprey, and Flip Gordon, who I wasn't overly familiar with. That the rest of the crowd seemed quite into. Yeah, he's pretty fun. I think he's known for his stint on the YouTube series Being the Elite. That's where he's kind of made his name, as opposed to being on Ring of Honor television and appearing on Ring of Honor all the time. It's being the elite he's known for. He looks like John Cena's little brother. Oh, 
He kind of does. He does. He looks like John Cena's little brother. That's all I know him from. I'm going to have to just look at a picture of him now just to kind of be like, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm currently doing. I'm co- currently Googling Flip Gordon. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you to explain Flip Gordon on Being the Elite to me who has never watched Being the Elite. So basically, they the Young Bucks especially first started this thing with Flip Gordon where they would welcome him to, to Ring of Honor when he first joined. And that would be them playing harmless ribs on him. And um, that progressed into something even bigger to Flip Gordon than stealing Nick Jackson's backpack, which he, in real life, actually left in a restaurant in Japan. <laughs> um, so he stole his backpack, and then that was that was like a harmful rib. And then it came to Matt Jackson whenever he saw Flip Gordon asking him where does he think he's going. And yeah, it's it's now turned into him being really good friends with the books, but uh, Cody not being a big fan of Flip Gordon. Ah, okay. But I have to say, like, he's actually pretty good on it. Like, he's probably one of the best actors on it right now. So is he kind of like, is he their friend or is he more, are they kind of weary of him? At the start they were like that, but now I think he's properly good friends with the books and everyone else is like, like, piss off Flip Gordon, like... We don't want uh, you. We don't want you around. But the books are like, oh come on, guys, it's cool. Okay, that makes more sense because people had signs for him as well. And, uh, <laughs> like, what? Who is this guy? Exactly. But yeah, this card. It was. It was. An, it was quite empty in the venue, but I enjoyed the show overall. Yeah, me too. Like it wasn't bad. There's definitely been a lot worse. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I would even go as far as say as I preferred that one than December. <laughs> well, we can get to We'll get, to the, we'll get to December. Um, we also had OTT Contenders 3. This show. <laughs> All I can say is, wow. Like, it just went from 0 to 100, especially with them bringing in Shane Strickland and, and uh, Desmond Xavier and, and Zachary Wentz, Scarlett and Graves. Those final, the final two matches on Contenders 3 like they're they're must watch matches from any OTT card, not just the contender shows. Because gee, like the, especially that main event, the crowd just were were so engrossed in it, and it's probably one of it's up there one of my favorite matches of the year from OTT for sure. Yeah, me too. I I said that the David Starr one was my favorite, but this is probably number two. Mm. The the more I think it was about so it, good. Like, for it to take place, like, for people that don't know, like, the ringside venue beside our national stadium here, like, it is, it's just like a little rinky-dink room that has, you know, you can get your chicken nuggets and chips at the side, at the bar, and it's a very kind of close-knit venue, and it is always full of kids, which is nice, and it's just like, for that match to take place on, on a Sunday evening, in that play, in that room, with that crowd, I don't know, it, it gets me. Yeah, it was it was kind of um, contenders kind of started to pick up and got geared more towards the the Irish wrestlers wrestling the imports as well, which I think is a really good thing for them because it helps them grow and get more experience as well, and it gets their name out there. Yeah. Also in September we had the second Five Factory Pro Wrestling show, and as I said on on the last show, it was just so much better than the first show. The standout moment of this show that. It, that I remember was the absolute shock when this rookie kid who looked about 16 just landed this crazy Tommy End spin kick out of nowhere. And me and Alan just absolutely shrieked. 
at how good it was and Matthew Macklin who is the camera guy for OTT and Five Factory he realized that we marked out and he marked out for it too and it was just uh, it, was, it was just a crazy fun moment uh, that I'll never forget it was just one of those things that was so unexpected I um, want to see this kick now how have my, how yeah, have it, his name is Klong. He's got a tattoo of a dog on his chest. Ah, uh, yes. I, yeah, I remember him now. I feel like so much went on in September. Like, I'm looking at shows that I watched from home. There's the Battle of Los Angeles. Like, Progress had their Ali Paddy show. There was a lot of wrestling in September. There was an awful lot of wrestling in September. Have you, have you watched Bola? Yeah, I actually have. Like, I kind of try and watch it every year. Um, I think it goes back to me being a big massive PWG mark when I was younger that Bola has like a special place in my heart um like overall the whole tournament probably like it's not something I would tell people to go out their way and watch like again I think it's the kind of the the struggle with PWG is like there's a lot of great matches over those three nights but the only one I can really remember is watching is uh Dunwin Dijak against Keith Lee the one that was rated five stars by Big Dave. Yeah, and I have to say, like, I, I can definitely see why I got five stars because there was that one point where I was nearly standing up, just being like, "What the fuck!" <laughs> and to, you probably get that with every Dijak uh, Keith Lee match, but uh, yeah, like that—that's definitely something. Like, if you want to watch something from Bola, it would be that match. Like, there's there's so many good. God, like there's you know a lot of Brit rest guys on it like Haskins and, and Travis Banks and and like Flash Morgan Webster got to go over like it, like there's great people on the cards but like I'm I'm struggling to remember any standout moments because like even Ricochet winning I was kind of like eh whatever maybe that's just my general feeling towards Ricochet now <laughs> eh. He's a good wrestler. I'll probably watch some Ebola when it goes up on High Spots Network sometime in the next couple of months. Yeah, like it, like it's definitely not something I'd go, oh, it's terrible. But it's, it's definitely not something that it needs to be watched immediately. I always go on about it being overhyped anyway. I don't think I don't think that arena is anything special. I think the OTT crowd are a better crowd than the Ebola crowd. <laughs> the OTT crowd and... The Turbine Halla crowd in WXW. I would put both those crowds well ahead of the Bowler crowd. They get spoiled, the Bowler crowd. They're just... I, I don't buy it for a second. Yeah. I always remember when I was younger, though. I think when I was about... Probably 16, 17. It was my dream to go to Brasida <laughs> to, to see a, a PWG show. And now I'm a, a bit older, I'm like... Uh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't want to go to Reseda, California. I'm fine. <laughs> you go to the Tivoli and you'll go to Turbine and Halla. Yes. <laughs> Far superior. Far superior. Uh, so, such hipsters. Anything else from September you want to discuss? I watched Death Before Dishonor, the, the Ring of Honor show, which was headlined by Cody versus Minoru Suzuki. Just like, I think... In well, 2017, Minoru Suzuki, he was either ridiculously good or the matches were just so bland. And unfortunately for this one, it it was a bit of a stinker. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like again, like, Cody's not a bad professional wrestler by any means, but just like it was, it was just a bit of a letdown. It's like, why did I stay up until four in the morning to to watch this show? Like, it, it, there's highlights for me because, well, the Motor City Machine Guns are probably my favourite tag team of all time. 
and and they won the Ring of Honor tag titles. So that was kind of nice to stay up for and see that happening. And and Chuck Taylor was on this show, but wow, like that was a big match. Like Minoru Suzuki's first like U.S. match in twenty five years or whatever, and it was just a yeah, just really gimmicky and and Cody you know, playing up his antics and it's obviously great seeing Suzuki get chopped and laugh at people, but that was kind of the only highlight of the match was, was Suzuki laughing. The Motor City Machine Guns, was that like their return match or are they still around? Because I, I haven't heard of them in quite a few years. Yeah, I think they nearly exclusively wrestle for Ring of Honor now. Like they've been there a while. Um they beat the books for the titles. Um, but I, yeah, I haven't seen them really wrestle anywhere else. I think it's maybe due to I think Alex Shetty's gone back to, to university or something. I listened to that on a was a Coca Bandit podcast. That's probably oh, okay. why. Uh, that's uh, that's me totally assuming that. Um, because they're definitely a tag team I'd love to see over. They're kind of I've seen both of them individually, but not as a team. Yeah, no, I would like to see them as a as a team, maybe for uh, World Tag League in October. Oh, that would be amazing. Oh, I'll let you talk about Tag League. WXW Tag League, uh, a beautiful overhouse in Germany. So yeah, going into Tag League, I think everyone was really excited about seeing the Rottweilers. They were a team I wasn't too familiar with. Um, so I was looking forward to seeing what all the, all the hype was about. I'd heard Loki was an absolute lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of half frightened um, to be around him. But it turned out he's actually really chill and nice and guess he may have just mellowed out in his old age. Um, <laughs> I don't want him to hear that. <laughs> oh no, I mean, I don't mean he's old, God. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. He spent a lot of the time over the weekend collecting money for Puerto Rico. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so he was like taking pictures with fans and selling merch and all the money he raised was going to Puerto Rico. That was really nice. So he was in re- it really seemed to be in really good form. And it was funny, um, when we arrived at the venue on the first day, we were talking to one of the owners of WXW backstage as um, my boyfriend does their commentary. And we're just just having a few words. And next minute, all the Americans arrive in from the airport or from their hotel or whatever. It's just a big stream of them. And they proceed to in a very brotherly way, shake all of our hands in a big long row. <laughs> so we had Homicide and Loki and EYFBO and Mark and Jay Briscoe. It was like a stream of all six of them, like shaking my hand. And I was like, because I'm just so weird about shaking hands. I was like, why are they shaking my hand? Like, I'm not anybody. <laughs> you know? Obviously, they didn't know that. And it was just the whole wrestler routine thing of shake the hand when you walk in. Uh, I was like, this is kind of awkward. But yeah, okay. Just go along with it. Just go along yeah. with it, yeah. <laughs> like, what? I always like to imagine, like, what do people think when they see, like, a group of wrestlers like that? Obviously, they don't know the wrestlers, like, just out in public. Like, like I always wonder, like, what do people think? Like, what do people think they're over for? Yeah, it just looked like this motley crew of men with their suitcases and bandanas and stuff, (laughs) you know? Like, imagine seeing Mark Briscoe just, like, walking around a town somewhere. Like, it would be kind of a person you'd double-take, like, who the hell is this guy? (laughs) Yeah. Really nice handshakes, though, all all six of them. That's good. That's good to know. I think that should go on a spreadsheet somewhere of, like, good handshakes. Wrestler's handshakes, yeah. Yeah. God, I hope wrestlers don't listen to this and, yeah. They'll make, they'll make my awkward moments even more awkward. I'm definitely editing this out. 
but they will never know. <laughs> they will never know. Um, so night one, the the big match was Ring Camp versus the Briscoe Brothers, and let me tell you, this match was insane. It, I I remember I watched it on um VOD. Yeah, like I can vouch for that. It really was. It was probably the second best tag match of the whole tor- tournament. It was so good. If you haven't seen this tournament, you need to go back and watch it. Tag League is incredible. It, it's not 16 carat. It wants to be 16 carat. They want to get it as big as 16 carat, and they're trying. But it's not quite there, but it, it is just amazing. It's such a great weekend. Also, you had the team of we spoke about just earlier, David Starr and Jaren Sim- Simmons, massive product against A4. It was absolute Andy and Marius Alani, who everybody absolutely adored as a tag team. They were like WXW's tag team that didn't get talked about outside WXW that all the fans adored. They were doing all these little skits of them as um, Batman Andy and Robin Annie. <laughs> and it was so cute. And they had these football helmets and they were doing these skits. And it was it was just so heart- heartwarming and wholesome. And That's what you need in wrestling is a wholesome tag team. Yeah, but it all went wrong. Oh, no. It was just, it was horrible. Andy turned on Mary Solani. And it was like, if you ever, like, it was like, it was like real emotion. Just the air got sucked out of the room on night two when he turned on him. I swear, it just went, just deadpan silence of people's hearts breaking. And just like, what the fuck have you done, Andy? You should have seen people's faces. It was just, it was, it was something else. I don't, I'm not sure. I, it's up there. I'm, I'm not even joking. It's up there with when Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker and I was in the arena for that. <laughs> That's some comparison. What an okay, right. though, eh? Okay, there might have been a thousand people in the Turbine Halla and like 70,000 people at WrestleMania, but it was the same, okay? <laughs> it it's same. definitely comparable. Definitely. It's comparable. It was... You ask anyone who was there, they, they'll know, they'll tell you. So Andy snaked out on, on Marius and we all died a little bit inside I think we should get like rubber snakes and, and throw them at them I wish that was a thing that could happen it can let's get them let's, let's do this at 16 carat if he's going to be there <laughs> shut up at back to the roots well, well half my suitcase will be full of rubber snakes that I'll get from like a tiger shop or something just handing them out to everyone we can do this <laughs> I'm, I'm up for this I'm definitely up for this I think this is a great idea because he is a snake I'm committed now. I'm actually going to see if I can get both by rubber snakes. Go to Deals or Poundland or one of those places and buy a load of rubber snakes. Yeah, this is happening. It's time to plan this. It really was. <laughs> Sorry, I said it was night two when he turned. It was actually night three because the next match after the, the big heel turn, it was massive product who were, again, massive baby faces at that time and really loved by the crowd. Their entrance mm-hmm. was just amazing on nights one and two and everyone loved it yeah, they, they were coming out to wrestle the young lions but they didn't do their big entrance oh. because they were so upset <laughs> to the ring with moody faces because of what had just happened that's amazing well, I, I can't for some reason I can't remember like watching this on uh, VOD it was absolutely something else the Rottweilers against Ringkampf also a massive standout match all three Ringkampf matches they were in the finals as well, but um, <laughs> Ringkamp against Massive Product and Ringkamp against Rottweilers. Just these three matches were just outstanding. 
I think it was a great variety of tag teams that they had in it as well. Like just looking over, like it's not your kind of usual suspects. No, it was it was a bit of a mixture. I mean, it was a tough time to plan a tournament with the rate that WWE were snapping up people. Mm. People are saying there's not that many good tag teams in independent wrestling, but I tend to disagree, and I think it's gotten better even since then. So yeah, like it depends on what you're into, I, I suppose. Like I. I do love a good tag team. Like, yeah, there's there's some out there. Um, and aside even from the tournament itself, there was another great tag match on this where the Briscoes took on JFK after their Loki got injured. Um, on night two in that match against Ringkampf, they're a younger tag team from Germany, and they they looked so good in this match. It was it was just such a delight. I really really loved this match from night three. I just think JFK they're just so lovely. It's I don't know. They're like just such a great babyface tag team that that just warm my heart. And uh, I'd like to see them come out of Germany and uh, maybe do a bit around Europe th- this year. Um, and also then of course you had the title match between Ilya Dragunov and Bad Bones John Klinger uh, on night two. This match was insane down results wise, but the match itself was. Incredible. John Klinger is the biggest heel in WXW at the moment, but even when he was like a baby face, he has always been hated in Oberhausen. <laughs> I would just hate him for I don't understand why. And when I really liked him and he was a baby face, I'd ask, Why are these people booing him? He's really good and I'd get like frustrated over it and I was just told Oberhausen has always hated John Klinger. <laughs> so <laughs> John Klinger versus sixteen carat winner Umbazipa Ilya Dragunov this match was just absolute fire from the start just everyone was so behind Ilya and believing I don't know it's mm, I guess that different feeling it's they're they're doing it right whatever they're doing they're doing it right yeah that was the tournament and the tag league not giving you much chance to speak but I'll, I'll let you do the OTT in a moment oh. there was also the Femme Fatales um, ladies tournament which was a separate event on the Saturday it was the second annual Femme Fatales, and that was really, really good too. And it did a great number. Not that I should be surprised, but I wasn't sure. That's understandable. There's so much going on. An extra tournament could be just a step too much for some people. Yeah, you definitely think that. The crowd was pretty good. Friday is always the, the smallest crowd because I guess people are still working. I would say night one of Tag League, the Friday, um, equal crowd to the women's tournament, which is really great to see that, like how far women's wrestling has come in terms of drawing power. They had some great people in, in this tournament. There's Tony Storm, Ginny, Viper, Melanie Gray, Laura DiMatteo, Killer Kelly, and Wesna. Damn, that's a pretty good lineup. It, it really is. The alpha female was meant to be in it, but she, uh, well, she pulled out. We later, I guess, found out why that was. This lineup was really good. A great mix of people as well, different characters and different types of wrestling, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'd only ever seen Killer Kelly briefly on a shotgun before, but she was great. She just has so much fire, and like she's a rookie, but she, she was really, really great, and she's someone I'd like to see over in Ireland and go a bit further as well in, in the coming year. And Wesna was someone I'd never seen before either. She's a veteran in Germany. They're like, yeah, no, she's the greatest German wrestler. Ever and I was like, okay, well that that's high praise. I mean, she got a buy in the first round, and her match with Tony Storm was the best women's match I've ever seen live. It was just crazy. She only wrestled once on the card, but God, she made her presence felt in that that one match. That's unreal. Like I remember, like I used to watch a lot of Shimmer, and I remember she appeared on a few of their shows. 
I actually didn't know she was still wrestling. Yeah, she didn't look like old. I I don't know. I guess a lot of women start quite young, but she could definitely still go with the best of them, and she could still be wrestling on high level cards today. I hope she does. Um, yeah, I'd love to see more of Wesna. Anyway, she has been on WXW since, but hopefully they'll have her back at some stage. So all in all, a, a, a strong weekend of shows. Yes, a really strong weekend of shows. All four shows really delivered. And yeah, I'm hoping to go back to Tag League again this year. Well, cards like that, like, you kind of ha- feel like you have, to, you have to go. Yeah. Um, back in Ireland then for October, I'll let you talk about it because I did subscribe to watch the show but then never actually watched the show properly so I'm gonna let you talk um, about this one yeah it was the OTT's third anniversary show I remember at the time I wasn't really like the card didn't really excite me and um, there was a bit of controversy around something around the show which I don't really want to get into so I'll skip past that but a uh, standout match of this show was Matt Riddle against Speedball Mike Bailey uh, this was just after intermission and you could just, people were just rushing back to their seats once they heard Brass Monkey, that funky monkey, belt out on the sound system. And I don't think, I had seats for this show and I don't think I sat down once for this whole match. It was just incredible. Spot after spot after spot. Uh, again, I think I've said it for so many different matches, but it's it's one of those OTT match of the year contenders and definitely probably match of the year if we kind of exclude uh, Jordan Devlin it was just on another level and I think Speedball even said that it's one of his favourite matches of the year so that just goes to show how, how good it was I need to go back and rewatch this match I did actually watch it but I was fairly distracted at the time when it was on so I saw parts of all the show but not uh, I really didn't the whole thing I definitely recommend go back and watching it. Like, I think I even need to go back because like I was just sitting like just in shock because I just couldn't believe my eyes of like how are these guys doing this? I still can't get over it now. I just remember just sit like standing there just being like what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and then just out of nowhere a Canadian story and I was like oh for God's sake why do you have to put that in there? <laughs> There's no need for that one. I, I've seen other people say this is their OTT match of the year. And that's something I really can't argue that I can definitely see why it, it stood out. I think massively on this card as well. Like, I'm looking at it, and there's no other match where I can go. Oh yeah, that was also really good. Like we had uh, Mark Haskins defend his title against ACH, which like it it was a good match, but it's not exactly you know up there with one of the you know the better matches of the year. We had Zach Gibson against Cole Cabana, and I think. If you know Zach Gibson, and well, I think nearly everyone who's going to listen to this podcast knows Cocobana is, you can kind of tell the kind of dyna- dynamic that they had with Zach Gibson not having any time for Cocobana's antics, and then eventually trying to use his car stereo to, to hit a Cocobana, which uh, did pop the crowd. But this card also saw uh, Nathan Martin make his uh, Tivoli debut in a tag team with Curtis Murray against Eddie Dennis and Nikki. And the great thing about that was Nathan Martin, from a man who only had it, well, a kid who only had his first match a few months ago, he's definitely like, he's such a pure baby face, you can't help but just really get behind him and just want to see him do so well. He's so young as well. I just think him and Darren Kearney and LJ Cleary, they're going to be huge. 
yeah. and Michael May, obviously, of course, as well. Definitely, like, those guys are just... They, they, I think they have it, and we can get into this a bit later, but, like, what contenders are doing right now is is really helping make these guys stars. Yeah, and I just mentioned those four, but also Scotty Davis as well. He's, he's super young as well. He's really, really good. So it's like... There's just going to be such an age gap in Irish wrestling because these guys are going to get very good very fast. Mm. And they're all super young. I think Michael May is in his early 20s, but the rest are all still teenagers. Yeah, like Michael May is like old compared to, compared to the rest of them. <laughs> He's probably like the old guy of the bunch. Nate Martin has 2,000 on his tights. Yeah, that, Which makes that, him, what, 17? Yeah, that freaks me out. And Scotty <laughs> like, Davis is younger. And he has a moustache as well. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I heard how young he was. Like, how? How is? How are these guys so good this young? Yeah, it's mind blowing. But that's, I think that's a testament to how good the trainers are over here. They're really, you know, I think the schools are doing a great job. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this this OTT show, um, is great to see Veda Scott over. I think she's one of the best females on the microphone. Um, having no time for, for Martina's uh, session moth antics either. And she also had really cool cats on her kick pads, on her kick pad covers, which I, I really I really enjoyed. Special shout out for them. <laughs> I need to watch this. I was um, kind of taken aback. I read a lot of Twitter stuff just to get reactions, both Twitter and Facebook. And a lot of people didn't know who ACH was. And that surprised me because I, I love ACH. Like, he's one of my favorites. I loved when he was in 16 Carat. And I was really sad that I wasn't going to be there when he finally came to OTD. But I just think putting him in a title match against Haskins was just a bad move because people didn't think he deserved the title shot. And then that kind of killed his likability. And he's so likable that I don't know. I would have liked to see him go against some heel or something. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, He's nearly like he's just so happy. He just seems really happy all the time. And yeah, can you imagine hating him? Can you imagine how frustrating it would be to hate ACH? I'm sure, I'm sure there's some sour people out there who do. Yeah, like I I don't get like it. It sounds really bad when you see like Mark Hoskins against some import who's never been in OTT before, and you know they're not probably going to be in OTT again anytime soon. You're like. You're just kind of setting it up. Yeah, he's he's going to lose and you're not going to really invest in him. Like You might invest in the match because it's going to be really good. But you don't, yeah. How was the match? I'm just looking at cage match here and it says it was nine minutes. Yeah, I don't remember being that short, actually. I think, oh, maybe it was. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it was good. Like, it, like I can't say anything negative about it. I remember it being good. But I think after the Matt Riddle-Mike Bailey match, I think, unfortunately, like the last two matches on the show probably didn't get people as into it as they maybe would have been if it was a, on, a, on a different place on the card. Yeah, for sure. Again, like it was a good show and I think it has that one match that I think people should watch. But yeah, it, for, for as an OTT anniversary show, it just like wasn't very anniversary. Because all the good wrestlers are a tag league. Yeah, <laughs> we missed we missed ACH at the after party though. He was really good at uh, karaoke last thing, Carrot. Ooh, well, I don't know. Bieber. I can just imagine how happy he was doing that. <laughs> oh, he was standing on the table waving his arms. When I say he sang Justin Bieber, he also sang YMCA. <laughs> he sang Crazy Town Butterfly. I'm pretty sure he sang another one or two songs, and he was loving it. He was 
on top of everyone's shoulders and he had Matthew from Botchamania on his shoulders and sounds fantastic like right in Oberhausen <laughs> we were with everyone in Oberhausen was wishing he was there anyway <laughs> Uh, the after party wasn't as good at, at Tag League as it was at 16 Carat. That's a shame. I need to get to this after party, this famous after party at 16 Carat. We're going to sneak you in somehow. I, I'm not yeah. sure how we're going to do it, but we're going to get you in. I know you didn't get a ticket because, and they all sold out, but we're, we're going to do it. It's gonna, I'm going to make it my mission to get you into that after party. Seriously, if I have to do trench coat man with someone, I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll do anything <laughs> to get into that party. <laughs> I need to have my round of karaoke. I, I'll ask somebody nicely <laughs> I'm sure they'll say it's okay And a, a nicely worded email goes a long way <laughs> A nicely worded email Yeah, here's hoping Here's hoping Do we have anything else in October? Um, I really can't think of anything that springs to mind Oh, I did Oh The WXW action didn't stop there It was a very uh, WXW month I went to London to see WXW Fight Forever Tour 2017 London, which was happening at the end of the month, twinning with Progress. This was similar to the January show that I, I talked about in episode mm-hmm. one. It was in the same venue on the Saturday before Progress around the Sunday. This was just, it was a great show. The biggest match was Walter versus David Starr, which some people said was better than their epic 16 carat round one match back in March. A lot of people really love this match. I saw it appear on lots of like top 10 of 2017s and stuff like that. Also, Mark Haskins versus Ilya Dragunov was really good, mm. really vicious. I can only imagine. Pirate Timothy Thatcher uh, against Mark Davis. It was my first time seeing Mark Davis and that was quite fun. Uh, it was also very funny just for all the pirate puns that everyone gave uh, Timmy Thatcher when he had the <laughs> uh, I can just picture it in my head and I can't stop laughing. <laughs> it was good. And Tony Storm against Nina Samuels. Again, that was really good. I, I really like Nina and I'm really happy she's coming over for OTT again. Yeah, me too. She's really solid and I think she play a character great. Yeah. In her face. Well, even every match on this card, Chris Brooks against Lucky Kid with Chris Brooks announcing himself for this year's um, 16 Carat. Marius Lani against Emil Satochi and Avalanche versus Michael Dante, where we nearly died because we had Michael Dante come towards us and Avalanche yeah. saved us. <laughs> Is this when it all started, Avalanche becoming Ireland's favourite wrestler because he saved your life? <laughs> well, Michael Dante's a big boy and so is Avalanche and you see them coming thundering towards you. Your life just flashes before your eyes. It's scary. I, I took one bump this year. I didn't want to take a second one. <laughs> yeah, uh, the progress show the next day didn't do it for me at all. I think in the latter half of the year, it is um, progress started to dip, unfortunately. Yeah, I hadn't watched progress in a while anyway. So, I mean, I wasn't coming in really hot on anything. Just meh on the whole thing what have you uh, I want to enjoy them I, but I'm not going to take the other piss but the, just just the whole beginning of progress what happens I I just find it just just makes me cringe inside I, I get that and I think it's it's mad like it just I, I feel like they do and try and put themselves on this moral high ground and, and they kind of promote themselves in this way but it's like you shouldn't have to promote yourself as, as you know being this good company with good ethics and, and good values every company should hold themselves to a certain standard sure um that's obviously a part of it but at the end of the progress i struggle with i may come in late in new orleans just to miss it <laughs> it's like oh sorry guys i can't cope with it 
I, I just I don't know I just can't like I can't do it but I'm sure a lot of people will be annoyed at me saying this but I just can't it just it, I have, from whom the bait bones <laughs> and down from the bottom and Jim giving everyone fist oh. bumps and oh god I haven't experienced it live yet so once I go over in a was it May I'll get back to you on that and see how I feel about it that's it from not a wrestling for me it was five live shows November we had OTT Vendetta in the Tivoli and OTT Contenders 4 start with Vendetta this came first on the 4th of November I think the standout on this show was a crazy six man tag team match with the Kings of the North against the Angel Cruisers and the bad boy Joey Janala. Yeah, um, this was crazy. I was surprised how many people seemed to know Joey Janela going, going into this. Very excited for him to come over and see what he did. He definitely lived up to my expectations, that's for sure. Because it was crazy. But yeah, Kings of North, Joey Janela and the Angel Cruisers. Um, I think Angel Cruz is known for his mad antics. And I can't remember what he was going to light on fire. I think it was maybe like a two by four or something. And he went to light it on fire and it didn't work. So we all had to pretend it was on fire. Yeah, it's like these guys, like especially, well, no, not even especially, all of them took some mental looking bumps. Like, I don't know how they wrestled the next day. like Or, or not the next day, but even walked the next day. Because, <laughs> like, it was insane. Damien Corvin loves taking sick bumps. Yeah, he does. Why'd you do it, man? Is it worth it? <laughs> this match is the only match I can really properly remember from this card I'll be honest this this card I didn't the whole show I didn't love I think I preferred the WrestlePop show as well yeah this show I, I had something I was in a well I'll talk about it in their time but I was in a bowling tournament for the whole morning of it and I had to go straight from the, the bowling alley to the Tivoli and I was just so and I had to get up at like half eight the next day I was just so tired that like I just couldn't really pay much attention to the whole thing. The, the one thing I really do remember is we had uh, LJ Cleary's Tivoli debut. Just fantastic music and shtick, and yeah, I, I do remember this part of it. I don't, I was so happy to hear that music, and then um, if I don't know if people have seen it, but um, it was originally just Nikki against El Aguero, and LJ Cleary comes out to be the third participant. And he says, like, oh, he's not a contender. He deserves to be on these Tivoli shows. Inserts himself in the match and, and gets beaten in less than 10 seconds. Yeah, in classic LJ form. He's just such a little weasel. <laughs> yeah, you're like, that serves you right. That serves you right, <laughs> you little bollocks. <laughs> yeah, I just wish I could shout that at him. <laughs> I really love LJ, so... Yeah, the main event as well for this, which was um, Jordan against Matt Riddle. I do remember that being good. And it was okay. I I have it in the lower half of the Jordan Devil matches of the year, mm. but it was decent. I think that just goes to show the standard of Jordan Devil matches for 2017. That you know, a match against Matt Riddle doesn't even make like the top half because it'd be the same for me. Yeah, I like Matt Riddle. I was watching Evolve with my nephew last weekend and straight away he was drawn to Matt Riddle. He was like, yeah, he, like that's my favourite. Very chill, bro. I actually had a um, a dispute with somebody online where I was completely in the wrong, where they were arguing that Matt Riddle versus uh, Speedball was way better than Ilya against Walter. And whatever way I read it, I thought that he wrote that Jordan Devlin versus Matt Riddle was better than... <laughs> 
Ilya versus Walter. I was like, no way, you're crazy. And then I was like, oh, you're right. And oh, wait, he's Bailey. I still wouldn't put it ahead of it, though. Like, it's great, but nah. Oh, well, I was arguing something completely wrong. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was having an argument just that was completely off the mark. I was, you know? <laughs> and arguing with yourself. No. Yeah, I was, I was me being an idiot. It um, It happened. I, I said I didn't admit it to him, but if he's listening, yeah, I, just so you know. Sorry I, about I, that. Yeah, my brain ran away with me. Yeah, that was November. Um, Contenders four. I, Contenders four. Which featured uh, Club Tropicana staying alive for Contenders five. <laughs> Tickled me. <laughs> so well done. They're against the it Kings right. of the North, and what I have to say was that. Uh, a very jovial contest with uh, Captain Sexy giving Cor- Damien Corvin a present at the start of the match. Christmas present, of course. It's just great to see, you know, the Kings kind of, well, especially Corvin letting loose and having fun and Bonesaw not having any of it. Yeah, this match is absolutely hilarious. It was finally getting to see kind of a less serious side of the Kings of the North and yeah, Club, Club Travacana are gas. Like, they're... I think they've found their place, you know, like... And contenders seems nearly incomplete if they weren't there. It would for sure. They're re- really great. This show it it also had Debbie Keitel versus Raven Creed, which was just a top a top notch match. Definitely, I think it made you want to see these two wrestle each other more and more and more. Everything just flowed really well, and people may have seen some of the gifts from this match of them uh, entering the toilet and coming out of the toilet with Raven with the the. the laid around her head and the toilet paper and it was just it's just very funny and, and very different the poor unsuspecting mammy that was in the toilet who got an awful fright <laughs> she was in watching her hands little did she know what was going to happen yeah I, I'd seen Raven Creed before in Cork and CCW when I went down there last year and I actually thought she stood out back then as well and it's funny to say I'm really not making this up when I went to those shows in in Cork, the two standouts for me were Raven Creed and a guy called Michael Mayhem. Oh. Ooh. Uh, Michael May. Ah, uh, who was against Joe Coffey on this card. Yep. And that was, that was a really strong match. And what this, I have to say, the crowd erupted for Michael May at this show. Like, properly got one of the biggest pops of the night well the, the evening everything about his persona is that he's shy and not not a loud mouth he's just kind of keeps to himself and does all the technical wrestling and I, it's working for him yeah i think so too I, it, like there's no point in trying to do something that you're just not good at and like he's good at what he does you know and just stick to it yeah, it, it's working, and I just, it's a weird kind of 2018 superhero, he is a shy boy, he's socially <laughs> awkward Michael May, and we're all like, we're all socially awkward too, Michael, yes, you can do it. We believe in you, you're just like us. <laughs> just like us. <laughs> um, this show also saw the debut of Aussie Open in OTT, and they were against Jordan Devlin and Scotty Davis Fight Club. I hadn't seen much Aussie Open before, so I was looking forward to seeing what all the hype was about here. To be honest, this match was outstanding, but the highlight for me was uh, Mark Davis high-fiving the dog. There was a dog in the front row. And he got yeah, the he was so happy about it. Like even before the show, the dog was sitting there and like he was standing at his merch table, and he was just so enamored with the dog. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, 
it's understandable that dog was very cute. And it was good to see a good boy at the wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's a service dog that was there again the last time. And he was able to high-five the dog. And he was just so happy about it. And I really like the team of Jordan and Scotty. I, th- I think that's something that, that could work. Yeah, it, it was a nice kind of like teacher-student yeah, type deal. But it, like in a, in a really positive way. And, and Scotty Davis is a guy who's improving all the time. He seems to be like the standout wrestling-wise from the main stage school. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But yeah, again, this this contender show it it was better than the main show. Yeah, I would think so too. Like at this rate, like a lot of the contenders, if they started showing up on like the main Tivoli shows, I don't think they'd look out of place. To be honest, no. I know a lot. I know a lot of them are already, but like if they move this show to the Tivoli. I'd be just as happy paying like my however much like thirty euro for that show. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I wouldn't. Twelve euros enough. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bargain. The the ticket price for these shows is an absolute bargain. And long may it continue if we're forking out for two, three shows a month. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it just went to show, I guess, that how strong the talent is in Ireland. I think the type of imports they're bringing over as well like makes a difference. Like they're not just bringing over really big names for the sake of having big names. Like a lot of them are either also young themselves, or they're really experienced guys who the contenders are going to learn massive amounts from, or like they're people that really match up with the whoever the contender is really well. Yeah, it's at the start I was like. I wasn't sure about them bringing over the imports. I was kind of like, let's wait and see kind of a thing, but it's definitely been a great move. I'm hoping to see some of my um, favourite. I'd love to see JFK on Contenders. Oh, they'd be a great fit, definitely. I'd absolutely love to see them on Contenders. Who else? See, I think I, I watch a lot of uh, Fight Club, and I think like the likes of Millie McKenzie and, and Omari, I think would be great fits as well. Yeah, they're super hyped over in the UK. I'd love to see them come over as well for Contender Show. Maybe some more of the Cork guys as well. I mentioned I went down to Cork twice in 2016, and some of the guys down there maybe should get a chance. I mean, there's a team called the Armstrongs who have a lot of videos up on Facebook and YouTube and stuff like that. I didn't see the the younger one of them wrestle. When when I was down there, he wasn't wrestling yet. But the older guy in the team, he seemed okay. He was he was quite decent even two years ago. And their champion as well, Ricky Combat, I, I'd like to see him get a chance as well. They, they seem to have been avoiding Cork or certainly not using any of their wrestlers except for, obviously, they're using Raven Creed now. But I would like to see Maybe one or two guys from Cork come up. Just say at contenders level, just give them a chance. Yeah, why? I don't see why not. I'm trying to think of anything else for November. All I can think of is like, obviously New Japan Tag League started, but I, I definitely didn't watch a lot of it. I kind of watched just for best friends. So I, I can't <laughs> really say that I sat down and watched every available match on New Japan World. No, I didn't watch any New Japan in November, so I'm not going to be able to help you out there. What we did try out for November was Powerbomb TV, and I watched some stuff on there. I watched PCW. I gave PCW a chance to see if I'd enjoy it, and the wrestling itself looked really good, but the commentary was so bad. It wasn't so much what the person was saying, it was just the sound levels. And I'm sure I'm going to talk with this podcast, it's probably all over the place, but it really was horrible to listen to. So I kind of I also watched my good friend Mikey's promotions for a show, Black Label Pro. 
which is a wacky wrestling company. Uh, something like Joey Janela's Spring Break, but more permanent. Oh. Uh, Mikey has a crazy sense of humor anyway, so I knew that would kind of be a bit of fun, and it definitely was. And then I just kind of hopped around, watched a few different things. I'm bit of southern wrestling and any little venues where they're putting on shows over in america and they're not even getting as many people as a fight factory show over here or a ccw show over here and they're wrestling in some bar and there's like 20 people there and they're like putting on these absolute cracking matches of the u.s indies it's crazy high like the guys are really good but just they don't have the fans they don't have the sport behind them at all from what i've seen in, in these promotions anyway so there's definitely a lot of Hidden, hidden gems. If you just like to watch wrestling and you don't care really so much about presentation or, you know, if you just want to find something new and find some new guys, definitely have a look at Powerbomb TV and some of the American companies on there. I won't say Black Label Pro was like that. That was that was semi-well attended and with some decent production. And there's definitely some live shows that they run on there as well. I think it was an actual Powerbomb TV live show. We watched some of that and that was in a special stadium where Shikara run and that was quite good production wise not to the level of the big European ones but certainly good for the US I'm going to watch a bit more on Powerbomb TV if anyone has any recommendations for sure but that was really my watching in November do you have anything else? God I wish I did <laughs> I really do I, I think November was a busy month for me in general not just with wrestling so I just can't recall anything that I sat down and watched I think November for me was a real kind of let's watch this random DVD I haven't watched in 10 years kind of month <laughs> so like I said I'm trying to cut out that for 2018 obviously still have the one or two things that I watched like I genuinely think I watched the Super J Cup from 1994 in, in November so <laughs> that's how we won't get into that now we'll do a classic show maybe <laughs> yeah like I really need to stop like people please send me rec like recommendations for stuff that maybe happened you know in the last year the last year even like the, the last uh, century because <laughs> um, I'd be really grateful for that was the NXT takeover was that November or was that December because that oh, was really good that was in November yes Velveteen Dream against Alistair Black that was, that was brilliant. Yeah, like to be honest, I'm, I've been really bad with keeping up with NXT this year. NXT used to be the one show for me that I re religiously watch every week. That hasn't really happened for me in a while, but this takeover was fantastic, yeah. It was brilliant. Every time I watch NXT, I say, I'm going to watch this every week, and then I don't. But it's something I have to change. Because I, I have a friend... He's a wrestling fan that doesn't watch a lot of wrestling, but what he does watch is NXT every week, and he says that's enough for him. This is one hour of wrestling a week, and then the pay per view, and that's enough for him. But he follows it, so that's that is a, definitely a nice way to be. Like I, I remember a few years ago, I wasn't maybe as invested in wrestling as I was years prior, and then now, but NXT was something that even pre network. It was on at like 1am here and like Sky Sports 3 and I watched it every week. I think that one hour, especially before they used to have a bit of everything, you know, you'd have your really good match, you'd have your really good character segments and, and you'd have, you know, it's like a, like a variety of things. And yeah, put NXT on my watch list now. Yeah, well, definitely for this year, planning on watching a lot more NXT because this card is great. I was really looking forward to Cassius Ono against Larry Sullivan. I don't remember it being amazing, but I remember it being good enough. And then the Alistair Black Velveteen Dream match was just brilliant. Just the bit at the end 
So when Alistair said his name, it was like, oh, he said it. Like I, I didn't like I, I didn't watch the feud, but I've seen enough, you know, video packages and stuff before that even I was kind of like, just say his name. <laughs> and then he did. I want them to become best friends. What a, I think that would make for a great segment on WWE Network, like one of those ride-along type shows. I've booked tickets to go see NXT TakeOver in New Orleans, so I really do need to study up my NXT. Oh, WWE is not doing it for me, so or the main shows, Raw and SmackDown aren't, so I have to get into NXT. I'd say it will deliver. I mean, on that NXT TakeOver, they had the War Games match. Never mind anything that happened in the match. My favorite thing was uh, Roderick Strong dressing up as like a member of the Authors of Pain and, and those kind of like yes. jacket things they wear. I love that. The little mini Author of Pain. I don't even know why I said that. Roderick the main event Strong's was incredible. Not, yeah, Roderick Strong's not Sorry? a small man. I was just saying, why did I call him a mini Author of Pain? He's not <laughs> <that> small. <laughs> no, he's really not. Even, yeah, there was, there was only five matches on this card. Yeah, that I mean, war every game, single one of them was brilliant. Yeah, like that war games match got a lot of time. But just thinking about it now, I have not watched a lot of. I can't even remember what their stable name is. But Adam Cole and and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly have seen a lot of them in NXT, and it's really bad on my part. They look like they've bought a twin pack of T-shirts in H and M. One wears the white one, and one wears the black one, and it <laughs> bothers me so much. It's like, did they have a grey one for Adam Cole? <laughs> like, Here you go, Adam. <laughs> Since you're the leader, you get to have like the mixture of the two colours. <laughs> yeah, NXT is on the watch list for next year. I guess we're going to December. I can't believe we've made it this far. I think like we deserve like a special, you know, celebration or something. <laughs> a, a new follower, maybe, if you're listening, you could maybe do a follow. Yeah, before we start talking about the show... <laughs> Before we start talking about the show, which was the only show we went in December, right? Yeah. Oh, no. There was one more. There was. I Sorry. Think... Oh, how could I forget? Let's start yeah. with that one. Which has one of my favorite things in wrestling, not just in Ireland, but in the world. It was um, <laughs> it was a charity show. I think it was, was it, was it run by Five Factory or in conjunction with Five Factory? Oh, it was run by yeah. them. And um, it was like pros against Joes was, was kind of the, the thing here. And there's a lot of guys. It was their first match. But uh, I just want to talk about the enigma that is Jay Money. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Jay. First match, he brought his whole family, all his friends. I'm making this up. I don't know who they were. But everyone went absolutely good. I felt like I was out of the loop. I was just like, am I supposed to know who this guy is? But then I got into it. I got into it then. I was like, yeah, Jay Money. Shake your money maker. He, <laughs> he gave it everything he had in that entrance. He was shaking. He was dancing. It was, it was absolutely incredible to watch. I just wish I had one-tenth of the confidence that Jay Money had in his entrance here. And the great thing was, he not only had one entrance, he made his entrance three times that night. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He made his entrance three times. And each time. On his debut show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he had stacks and stacks of J money, which is legal tender, might I add. And they, I don't know how much he got printed or how much that would have cost him because it was never ending, just stacks and stacks and stacks. I'm, I'm, pr- I'm going to say that I do have some J money in my purse. 
that I bring around with me. <laughs> Just, Do you have J-Money in your purse? Yes, it's great. I will not part with it ever. It's one of my favorite things. Like, I think him and Okada should have a money fight. Just put that out there. Money fight. It looked like Okada's money. It did. And it's not to say, I don't want to get into like the technical terms of, of paper, but it felt like really good quality paper as well. Not the cheap stuff. <laughs> he went all in for this. He really did. Yeah. It was fantastic. But early on this show, there, there was some, some good stuff. Like there was a great four-way women's match with um, Raven, Creed, uh, Debbie Keitel, Valkyrie and... Katie Harvey, who we got to see for the first time in a long time because she was out with injury and stuff. and The girls killed it. It was my actual personal match of the night. Yeah, they were brilliant. I want to see them have singles matches, all of those against each other. Definitely. Many given, times. Yeah, give them a chance to show off even more because I really want to see Katie Harvey against Valkyrie. Yeah, it needs to happen. I know CCW are doing uh, Debbie against Raven Creed again in a ladder match in Cork, and I may buy the VOD of that one. Yeah, I'd say that that would be great. Like the improvement in Debbie has been great. I haven't bought any of the CCW VODs before. I went a bit sour on them for a while, but I'm ready to give them another chance. <laughs> Just for this match. Now <laughs> we'll get back on to CCW. I'll I'm talk not, about it on the next show. I'm nearly sure some of their stuff has gone on to the High Spots Network recently. Oh, maybe. Well, yeah. I can get that then. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's really... I can't really remember it. I'm, I, I'll check it another time. I think, yeah, I think some of their stuff's on high spots now, which is great. I also thought Phil Boyd was really funny on this show with his uh, Mr. Small package. I think what made it was the crowd not really... He's doing like, Mr. Small package and he wanted everyone to say it along with him. But the, the crowd just weren't. But I think that made it even better that they weren't playing along with them. <laughs> there was a, a group of ladies in front of me who I think were J Money's fan club. They were they were all standing there together and when he came out he just gave him this big sleazy wink and they all just erupted with laughter. It was it was <laughs> hilarious. What else? Oh, the main event was Jordan Devlin against Sammy D, which again was a really good match. Yeah, and I think I remember saying forget who it was and like oh Jordan's probably going to take it easy you know like the next night was the big stadium show and he's mm-hmm. in the main event but no does this big massive dive off the stage and I was like okay Jordan not taking it easy <laughs> not phoning it in yeah, he gave everyone their money's worth it seemed like they were trying to get absolutely everybody on the show here like there was a six man scramble there was a battle royale the ladies match was four away so it, if the whole thing felt a bit cramped, but it, it was a lot of fun. It was a short show as well. Yeah, and I have to say, I actually really okay. The venue was kind of cold and small, but like the hangar was pretty good. Like it was very cent, like it's a very central place in Dublin, so it was kind of easy for people to get to. And yeah, I think the setup for for what it was was pretty good. How low was the ceiling? Was the ceiling okay, or was it? I'm trying to. I can't remember it being like really low to say like oh god should no one should ever dive off that rope but no I can't remember them being a problem. They could certainly run there again. I mean it doesn't fit that many people, but they could just maybe charge twenty for a ticket or something, charge double or something. And yeah, definitely. Fight Factory this year. I've bought my ticket for their next show. Oh yes, that's something I haven't bought a ticket to yet. Still waiting to see if I can or can't go. If you can, you definitely should. It's on the Lewis line anyway. Just got to get me that J money. Got to get yourself some J money. Yeah. 
Okay, so that was our warm-up show for the big show in the National Stadium. Being the elite. Yeah, this was a show. Definitely was a show. <laughs> um, like this, 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 this is the thing. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> like I, I'm putting it out there. This isn't me. I said it, I think on the first show and talking about it. I I watch Being the Elite and I actively in, in, enjoy watching that show. But for me, from the start, like they were advertising this as being the elite and, you know, the meet and greet was you're meeting the elite and, and stuff like that. And I, I do have a gripe that I just want to air. The elite is Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. The elite is not that crowd that are on the show. That's, you know, I, and I know it's very silly and people are going to be like, oh, of all the things to complain about, why would you complain about that? It just, I don't know, it, it got to me. I heard people say that, that they really feel that Kenny Omega has to be there for it to be the elite. Yeah, like, Kenny is Kenny, and I, I no, like, Cody is, like, as, as big as a name Cody is, and, and, like, whatever, like, star he is, or whatever, he's not Kenny Omega, and he's not in the elite. Neither is, is Marty and, and the, you know, no one else is there, it's Marty, the books, and, and Cody. But yeah, like, if you thought their shtick in a... April was bad. It was nothing. I did. It was nothing compared to this show. Like I actually really enjoyed April. Again, I I, I really like. I, I do really like Kenny, and I and I like the books. I like that trio. But God, even like I watched the show, and this so tiring. I had a few beers at this show, so I was just kind of content um, sitting there. I think the show started off really strong with Mike Bailey against Nathan Martin. Everyone was really well up for cheering Nathan and everyone loves Mike Bailey anyway and I thought they had a good good solid opening. Yeah, definitely. Um it was a dark match, but definitely would like if that was just the opener of the actual main show, I'd be like, Yeah, that's great. Almost everyone was in for it anyway, so you could count it. Yeah. And it ended up on YouTube I think as a free match, so I think people got to watch it anyway. Oh, uh, that's good. Then we had the Bobby George Junior without Tony Idol. Idol. Tony Idol. Um, against Paul Tracy. Paul Tracy looked good. He hadn't seen him wrestle in a while. Much did nothing for me. Yeah, I think like the whole story of it was like, oh, if Bobby loses, he's no longer in OTT. But he, he's not going to be on the next show anyway. Well, he's not announced. And I'm like, so why did that happen? If he's not even going to be on the next show anyway. A, a lot of people love Bobby George Jr. and I think it was good for the big crowd who go to these shows but don't go to the smaller shows that they might think he's a bit of crack or whatever. But it didn't work as well without Tony Idol for me and I'm not a Bobby George Jr. Uh, Tony Idol, I think, is the the best part of that whole act. Yeah, for sure. And then moving on, the Kings of the North, all three of them against Ch- Charlie Sterling, Shaw Samuels and Zach Gibson. And I really did like this match. Yeah, I think the Kings can do no wrong and and in the National Stadium they seem to rise up to the occasion. And this it was great well to see the Kings of the North walk out and to see a sea of people put their like their hands up like the hand of Ulster, um, which is a big red hand. It was just it was kinda of like this is a change of pace. Kinda of like it. <laughs> uh, people couldn't help but love the Kings. No, you can't. Our confused brothers from the north. <laughs> like you can even see it on their faces when they walked out to get cheered like that. Like, yeah, this is good. 
they're such good heels that everyone really really loved them which is just you know kind of a 360 yeah I, I, since the beginning of OTT I do remember there is that promo they caught on the guys and I think it was Duncan the Swordly the Swordly um, I think it's Shaw Samuels or some of someone and he said I always remember like when you heard you were fighting against the kings of the north like you shat yourself and, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just like, whoa, okay. Duncan like, okay. <laughs> Disorderly was like only there the half the time the kings are there. We never really heard Duncan Disorderly talk before, and he just comes out with you shat yourself. It was amazing. <laughs> An absolute backer of a, of a promo. <laughs> I, was just, I think. Um, I think it was my brother actually like posted it on Twitter and it just got I could just see everyone's like laughing about it again. It's like the Nordy accent, you know, it's just yeah. <laughs> it made it even better. It was, it was amazing. And I, I like Charlie Sterling and Shaw Samuels and Zach Gibson as heels. I do. I really enjoy those three. I, I, I love to boo them. I really do. I look forward to booing the three of them out of the building. Zach Gibson from time to time makes some good points though makes it hard to boo him but the other two for sure yeah it's kind of those are kind of like well yeah okay but boo <laughs> something stupid afterwards that you'll make you want to boo again after laughing and agreeing with him yeah this match was a brawl and it was the match of the night for me I actually bought a t-shirt off Kings of Nord afterwards because I was oh, drunk and I was like why not he's a good salesman yeah. I hear Corvin he wasn't for me, to be honest. Oh. It was perfectly pleasant, but he didn't even, he was like, oh, yeah, I'll just check for you. He wasn't trying to, like, it is funny to watch him do that to other people, though. Yeah, I don't I don't buy into it. <laughs> I just let it be known I wasn't sold a t-shirt. I went and bought a t-shirt. <laughs> then the gender-neutral title, which was introduced in a really funny way, I thought. I thought Be Cool was absolutely hilarious here. I, we we need to get him acknowledged as the first champion because people seem to forget that he is the one who introduced this belt. <laughs> he belt. won it in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, like like all great titles are won. <laughs> <laughs> Where did this belt come from? Huh? <laughs> oh, it was genius. And once I heard it was for the title, I was like, oh no, he needs to, like give him his belt. But like, he, he we found out eventually that like he paid for that belt. He bought that belt. I mean, he won it in Rio de Janeiro. I'll always remember Be Cool as our first champion. Yeah, me too. Never forget. This match was, it was okay. It was... It was another one of those brawls around the stadium. I think it was like the second one in a row after the last match. And a comedy match before that. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, it was good. And Katie Ray is outstanding. And she did some crazy spots, like jumping off uh, high up places and, and, and stuff like that. And... Christmas tree was involved and and Rob Christmas tree yeah the Christmas tree was very over that night I really do enjoy the Angel Cruisers as a team I'm always excited to see them but I did want to see Martina wrestle Kaylee Ray just one on one yeah I was looking forward to that I really wanted to see a good women's match like I was a bit like why did they have to change it to that like I'm happy to see the Angel Cruisers get on the card because like you said I look forward to everything that they do but they should be on the card. I mean, I'd rather see an Angel Cruisers match than a Bobby George Jr. match. Yeah, like I'm totally times over. Yeah. Because they're really funny. Like, they're the funniest people in OTT, so. For sure. And just just to say, like, the next night in Belfast, it was Angel Cruz, Be Cool. And I Am I am Cool, which was Joe Coffey, who looks like Be Cool. I'm like, I wish I could have seen that. That needs to happen more often. Yeah, like, get Joe over as 
Joe uh, needs to join the Angel Cruise as the Angel Cruisers because they really do look alike. Yeah, like it's crazy. When I saw the picture of them when uh, Joe Coffey was dressed up like a be cool, I was like, oh shit, like <laughs> they're, bro- they're brothers. Uh, be cool, still the biggest lad though. I know, biggest lad. If you didn't already cop it, he is the Irish edition of this podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Absolute legend. Absolute legend. I feel like you should all go and support Be Cool because he is cool. I wonder um, how many people will will get it straight off and how many people didn't get it until I've just said it. I'm hoping... Or who's going to be the first person to say, oh my God, did you hear Be Cool? <laughs> on Twitter and ruin the surprise. Oh no, well, if you do recognise that it's Be Cool, DM us first, I think. <laughs> yeah. To tell us how cool it is. Yeah, they probably said it already. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, we had a three-on-two handicap match. Uh, unfortunately, Tyler Bate was injured. So we had Pete Dunne and Trent Seven against Curtis Murray, Michael May and Scotty Davis. Um, I think the funny thing about this match was because they were down a man, Pete and Trent were trying to get one of the boys to join their team. And trying trying to get Scotty Davis, considering he looks like all three of, of British Strong Style put together, <laughs> uh, trying to recruit him for their team, saying, you know, if you're with us, like Regal will be in touch and everything will be sorted, lad. Trying to tempt him. Yeah, and to be fair, Scotty was going for it. The other the whole back, Scotty was well on board. They did well, I thought. Yeah, they did very well. Um, I think nearly the dynamic, obviously I would have loved to have Tyler there and it would have been a great match. I think the dynamic of having it three on two kind of made it very interesting. Made it more believable. Yeah, definitely, because, you know, was it feasible for the three boys to hold their own against like three of the best guys in, in, in Europe and, and the world? Like, But like against two of them, they could definitely like wear, wear them down easier. Yeah, and Curtis Murray kicked out at the bitter end. That was shocking. I, I was not, shocked. I did not expect that. No, absolutely not. Especially, a, and when that happened, I was like, "Oh my god!" Could they actually win this? I was believing. I, I was like, "Maybe they could win." Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, "It's weird that I don't know why." I was like, "It's weird that they pick Curtis out of the three of them to kick out." Like, I maybe would have thought they would have went for like I don't know, Scotty or Michael. something, or yeah, <laughs> the other two. In the team. <laughs> but that was a good match, and I think. The boys really did their job and obviously they won and, and they looked great doing it, but they made the boys look great as well. And like they did a little bit of brawling around the ring and like they did a few spots, but by all accounts it was a really good wrestling match. Yeah, they definitely did themselves proud. And Pete and Trent too. They they were really great in this match. Definitely. Legit one hundred boys as they're as they're called. Um a yeah, good show. I'm not sure about that name. I don't like it. Uh, um, I, maybe it's because I'm not really down with the kids. But uh, and uh, you're considerably younger than me. Um, it also means that now we don't get Scotty Davis' banger of a team song or Michael May's banger of a team song. No, Curtis I Murray's team song wasn't too bad either. Yeah, I don't like the legit 100 theme song. I don't even know what it is. But I don't, I don't really like it. It's his theme song back. I think a petition should be made. <laughs> Bring back all their themes. <laughs> Let them come out. I don't care if it's on team. Like, let them come out individually. <laughs> Especially Scotty's. Yeah. It gets you pumped and it really suits them. Yeah. And I, I sing it for like days afterwards. I'm not even going to attempt to sing it now. Cause I think I sang a bit earlier. And 
really when he came out for a singles match at Contenders, he used it as well. And I was like, no. Yeah, I, that was really disappointing. And then, like, you're already, you know, Michael May, like, the, the song on fire. Getting really into it. And I was like, oh, not motivational at all. I guess then we move on to the Bullet Club. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually quite sad about this and because um, it was Marty and the Young Bucks against Dalton Castle and, and his boys and I really like Dalton Castle. He, in the days where Ring of Honor isn't must-watch, Dalton Castle's done a great job of, you know, being fantastic and, and a guy who's putting on great matches and his promos are great and everything about him, I think, is just so slick and put together. And... I think a lot of people in the crowd, not that they didn't know who he was, but they just, they weren't invested in him. Like the guys, there's guys sitting behind me and I have to say like, it's not like they were annoying fans at all. Like they were actually really, really nice, but they didn't really know who Dalton was. I missed his entrance, which was sad because I think that was the only good part he had. Yeah. I really felt bad for him because like a few days later at the final battle, he became Ring of Honor world champion. So, like, he's viewed as being a top star, you know, elsewhere. He didn't um, look like a top star here. No, he's made, like, uh, in a good way, maybe it's good that it was someone like him in this match rather than three Irish guys being put into a match where it was all about Bullet Club and the YouTube show. Um, like, yeah, it was unfortunate because I think Dalton Castle against anyone else, I think the crowd would have loved him because he is really good. He's a really good wrestler, and also his character work is fantastic. Like, even like looking back on New Japan shows, like he had Tanahashi and Taguchi as his boys. Like, and to have Tanahashi as one of your boys, like, yeah, he, he has to be held in some sort of regard. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take your word for it on Dalton Castle and see him again for myself another time. No, I do. Like, honestly, he's a he's a solid, solid wrestler. Um, it's just a shame that this whole match was. It wasn't even a match. It was shtick. Can't remember. Yeah, I, I wasn't angry, you know, because like it's kind of you can't really be annoyed when you don't really have high expectations. <laughs> I oh. I kind of knew what it was going to be. Like I wasn't expecting a classic wrestling match by any means. Just sat back and watched it and observed it, and I was just very observant of the crowd and everything that was happening, and I was just confused. I I felt like just so out of touch, like proper graps granny sitting there being like is this what the kids like these days um like there were certain parts of it that i did find funny like at one point nick jackson went out the ring and he sat up on a seat up up in the crowd and he was shouting like oh give me one boot and stuff I, I, maybe it's because he was sitting near me that i found it funny like like there's certain bits that i do find funny but like and, I, and again i don't expect these guys to come over here and give us you know, a 30-minute classic match because I know that's not really what they're here for. But yeah, I think it was just nearly overload at that point of, of shtick. And, but the crowd ate it up. The crowd, like They had the crowd in the palm of their hands. Yeah, during parts of it, but during other parts it was... Or maybe during the other parts I was on my phone. I have to say, I don't think I've ever been on my phone more than I was at this show <laughs> during, during a, a wrestling show. And you, you're a fan of being the elite. Like, you watch that. Yeah, and it was, I think it was just too much for me. Okay. Like, at least, you know, when I sit down, I have, like, it's like a 10-minute video, and I watch it, and I, I chuckle, and I go about my day. But maybe, like, when I'm at a wrestling show, I actually want to see some wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Well, the next match for me was when, I think, 
things even took a nosedive further. Um, I have to say, I, I did not see this, but my brother told me that um, Cody was actually asked about this match on Twitter and he actually admitted that it was terrible. And oh, did he? Yeah, he admitted that it was a terrible match and he said that he actually knocked Flip Gordon out in the first few minutes, which oh. I, I don't remember. But things kind of make a bit more sense now. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, it was a... Well, that's not good. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, that was only a few days ago that I heard that. Um, yeah, not Cody's finest hour. When Cody came out, the crowd went absolutely apeshit for him. And they all wanted to kiss the ring. And I was like, what is this? Oh, terrible. <laughs> I was like, what is this? And I was watching it. And I was like, because when Cody came out at 16 Carat, which is the other time I saw him this year, like he got crowd surfed to the ring and it looked really cool. Because, like, obviously the fans stand around the ring. And I could see how over he was. So I was expecting the crowd would be really into him. But I wasn't expecting the whole ring thing. I didn't really know the ring thing. And I'm going to say it. Like, these people who are kissing the ring, they're they're pirating Ring of Honor. <laughs> I'm not saying the exact ones that kiss the ring. Like, I don't even know. I don't know who they are. But, like, the people in that building are not paying for Ring of Honor. Ring if, of Honor is expensive. Ten people in that building are paying for the Ring of Honor pay-per-view I'll be shocked I have bought one Ring of Honor pay-per-view this year and that was the show I talked about Death Before Dishonor and I regret paying my money for that show <laughs> <laughs> see they're like $35 it's a lot of money like you don't even pay that for like the, you know any other show yeah, just think about what you can get for $35 elsewhere I probably pay about $35 a month for everything yeah I mean, like four different network subscriptions. But yeah, these people are not paying for Ring of Honor. <laughs> They're not. Like. <laughs> if you are, let us like, don't, don't let us know. It's your own yeah, business. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Send me your receipt. <laughs> Send me your If you're listening to this show and you're from Ireland and you're in that venue and you pay for Ring of Honor, send me two receipts. <laughs> Even send me one receipt because I do not believe anybody's paying for Ring of Honor. <laughs> you're all just robbing it and trying to kiss his ring <laughs> oh god just watch some good wrestling and pay for it <laughs> just ah I, I have heard they're trying to introduce now um, years later like a, a, a type of a subscription service who knows maybe in about five years time they'll be with it maybe well they've got they're owned by a massive company and have loads of money anyway so they don't really care yeah that's true just annoys me. As well, WrestleMania weekend, you're going to go see Ring of Honor, are you? Because <laughs> people think independent wrestling is Ring of Honor. When they think independent wrestling, they think Ring of Honor. But Ring of Honor is owned by a massive company. It's not really yeah. independent wrestling. And by watch, by pirating Ring of Honor, you're not supporting independent wrestling. By going to Ring of Honor WrestleMania weekend, you're not supporting independent wrestling. If you want to go to Ring of Honor... At WrestleMania weekend, by all means, go have fun. I'm not going to tell anyone what to do or what not to do, but you're not supporting independent wrestling by going to see Ring of Honor when you're over at WrestleMania weekend. You're just not. If those guys have, like, um, like Cody signed an exclusive contract with Ring of Honor recently, so he's going to be getting paid pretty good money. Yeah. Like, and Dalton Castle, I'm pretty sure, like, has, like, those guys have contracts with Ring of Honor. They're on television every week, you know? I think, like, I don't know anyone who actually keeps up a ring of honor from week to week but they're doing very well oh they are i know i know that it's crazy it's yeah crazy if you're if you have someone backing you and feeding money into it i think you can do anything but it's not good but i shouldn't say that i shouldn't say that because 
I don't watch it. I genuinely don't watch it. I'm not just saying I don't watch it and pirating it on the sly on the side. I just don't watch it. But anything I've ever heard from anyone I trust, they, they've never been raving about it. They've never been like, you have to watch this Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And even if they were, I would say, is it worth $35? Mm. Like, I think some people think of Ring of Honor. When they think of Ring of Honor, they think of Ring of Honor 10 years ago. And that's the mindset that they have. Like Ring of Honor for me, like like I've said, I've bought some of their pay per views and I've watched some of them this year. But there's never been one full show where I can say that I enjoyed the full show. And then like, and even when I paid money to go to Liverpool, like I was paying for the New Japan guys. I wasn't yeah. going to see the Ring of Honor stars. It was the New Japan stars that I wanted to see. Like Silas is good laugh. Yeah, he's their TV champion as of recording this, I'm pretty sure. But I don't get to see him because he's only ever on Ring of Honor. Yeah. I saw him other places before he was just always in Ring of Honor, but... Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to stop my Ring of Honor rant. <laughs> yeah, this match was no good. No, I The crowd I, didn't I, care at all. No. And the finishing bit when people were on the microphones. They were dead for the whole match. So, see you guys for the all-in show in Crow Park. That's where it's happening. Because they promised us <laughs> one of the places they were looking at. It's going to be Dublin, guys. I, I believe them. Don't worry. Don't worry about what the others say. I believe you, Cody. Well, the Arrow guy was actually over in Ireland at a League of Ireland match. Wait, what? <laughs> Honestly. Oh, that's news to me. He, he was over here a couple of months ago and he did go to a match in one of the stadiums. And I'm sure he's not a massive League of Ireland fan. So I, I'm nearly inclined to believe that maybe they did consider it. Ah. Not, not that it would be a good idea at all and not that they'd ever do it because it's an absolutely terrible idea. But I'm starting to think that maybe they considered it for like a day. Oh. Maybe he was over here and was like, oh, yeah, I was at the stadium. And he's obviously putting money into it. Yeah, he has to be. He's being promoted as one of the people. I mean, he has one of the best-selling shirts or did have one of the best-selling shirts on pro wrestling tees, which confuses me a great deal, but... Oh, my joke isn't that funny now about me believing them. <laughs> no, everyone else is with you. Everyone else is like, ah, it's, it's, it's hilarious. But I reckon they did talk about it because Cody did reply. I think it was actually to Alan when Alan was given out about it, saying that they did consider Ireland. Like, I'm sure it was given a consideration, but like, it's never going to happen. God, I guess they... No. I don't even think there's enough wrestling fans in Ireland to go to a 10,000-seater stadium show. Oh, there's not. There's absolutely not. WWE don't even do that number and look how big they are. No, their shows do not sell that well here. It's just silly. But it's just more silly the way that people edit up, like, fact on the night. But like, I was just sitting there shaking my head. Like, I'm at the point as well. I was like, I want to see the main event. Because these people it. are getting tired. And, and then people were walking out. I was like, oh, they're missing the best, like, what's going to be the best part of this show. Or, or should be the best part of this show. Because leading up into this event, the video packages and everything. And the way Jordan was portrayed. It was a big match feel. It was... 15 minutes over run by the time the main event even started. It was a shame because people, like, people have buses to go get and trains to go get. And, and where the National Stadium is here, it, it isn't that central. So like you, you do have to leave there like a bit earlier, say, as opposed to if it was the Tivity. I definitely didn't enjoy the main event as much as I would have. No, it took, and I think the crowd 
were stressed and people were leaving and and it was quite quiet I remember complaining on Twitter being like why is everyone so quiet like cheer the boys you know like come on guys and um but what I think was really cool though was Jordan Davin's entrance um, with all like the, the gravestones of all the, the imports that he had killed over his year in OTT and he came out and like looking like let's call him death with the Grim Reaper but what confused me the most was him coming out to uh, Miseria Cantare the AFI song and I was like this is CM Punk's entrance music what's going on <laughs> Um, I think once I hear that song though I do kind of want to get like I started clapping you know my chair to the beat of the song like like people used to do for CM Punk and stuff and, but that was kind of cool though getting a, getting the special entrance for the big show it was it, it was it just really felt really special for that entrance and the match itself was good but not amazing no and I, I kind of felt sorry for them and to be honest I kind of felt sorry for Mark Haskins he started getting a lot of booze and I was like Mark Haskins has still done anything, guys. Why are we booing him? Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, no, he really didn't do anything wrong. But yeah, people were leaving, whether it be that they'd seen what they came to see being the elite or whatever. And it just kind of, it was distracting because people walking past and I don't know. Yeah, like there's people kind of, there's a really annoying person around me. I, I don't even care if they're listening to this, but like they just kept shouting and, and everything during some of the matches. And I think even at that point, I was just tired of listening to him. I was like, I, was going, I, want, I want to go home. Like, like every time, like, I, we all kind of, kind of, oh, Foxy, do your job. But, like, I felt like every five minutes, it was like, Foxy, do your job. Or he was making some snide comment about something. I was like, can you, like, enjoy wrestling? Like, why are you, why are you getting so angry about all these things? Oh, yeah. So by the end of the show, I was just, I was done with it. Oh uh, yeah, I, just some people at wrestling shows just really annoy me. I've had to move seats before because I just can't. When I'm there, I just want to sit down and watch it. Yeah, whatever. Like, you'll have a little chant along or whatever if it is actually clever. But in general, they're just trying to make everyone laugh with your shitty comments. Normally, yeah. not. <laughs> like on, the, I would say that I do have a high tolerance level when it comes to some stuff. But that night, whatever, I was just not having it. I think of that crowd especially there was maybe a few people who weren't overly familiar with the OTT product or something but who knows after that show I went home with Alan and our guest Brian Elliott from Fight Spirit magazine and I was a bit tipsy because I had been drinking and it was a very long show I decided we're going to watch Evolve <laughs> which is yeah if we're going to watch Evolve so I got on and I Bought the Evolve pay-per-view, which was coming online at 1, I believe. We got in the door maybe just before that. So I got it all set up and decided everyone was staying up to watch Evolve. The first match of the main card, maybe not the first match, there was some undercard stuff, but um, one of the matches very early on in the card was Zack Sabre Jr. versus DJZ. And it was head and shoulders better than everything on the OTT card. Damn. If I wanted to prove to the guys that Evolve was still good, that I still believed in Evolve, and yeah, we put it on, and Zack Sabre Jr. and DJZ absolutely killed it. That doesn't really surprise me, considering the calibre of those two guys. And there was like two, three hundred people there for Evolve. Makes you think. I wonder what OTT are going to do for Scrapper Mania now. Their big yeah. show. I don't know. I, I'm hoping it's Walter. 
We just yeah, we need Walder like ASAP. Yeah. I but think uh, Jor- Jordan beats Tim next month and then it sets up for Jordan versus Walder. I hope anyway. That'd be good. Or or Tim beats Jordan, which would make me extremely happy. It's not that <laughs> I wish it would happen. But I don't think it is. And then Timmy Thatcher <laughs> is OTT champion for like two years, like he wasn't Evolve, and everyone's really salty and hates him like they didn't Evolve, and he's my hero. I mean... I would love that. I would be so happy. I think the majority of people would be like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> Who's this American dude coming over? I love Jordan. Rise to the championship was great, and... I could do with Jordan being champion for two years. That would be great too. But just for having to lose straight away to Timmy Thatcher would it would just be just it'd just be so sweet. I think I'd just start laughing. It's like yeah, I'd love it. I'd laugh. I I would relish the feelings of everyone else in that building who was pissed off. I would love it. Imagine the booze Thatcher would get. Except for like me and Jamesy, <laughs> with our Timothy Thatcher scarf raised high in the air, the little pocket. <laughs> I'm tempted just to wear my Ring Camp T-shirt now, just to you know, like. Oh, you oh, have to. Oh. If you don't have a Chucky T one. Oh, I do. Yeah, my I my Dustin Greg one. I kind of feel like I have to. Yeah. I've been thinking it up. But even more so, ignoring ignoring what I just said, the next match on this card was Aor Fox versus Jason Kincaid. Did A.R. Fox have his posse with him? He had his high posse. <laughs> this match was close to better than everything on the OTT card. Huh. And then we had Darby Allen against Austin Theory. And this match, it wasn't as good as the Kings match. It probably wasn't as good as Jordan's match, but it was really good. And then we had Catchpoint against Anthony Henry and James Drake. And this match is better than everything on the OTT card. <laughs> and then we had Matt Riddle against Freddie Ehi. And that match is better than everything on the OTT card. And then you had the main event, which is Keith Lee versus Walter, which was obviously... Yeah. I mean, I know. think it's a, te- a testament to how good Evolve is. Um, like, I watched the, I watched Evolve 98. Um, fell asleep before I could watch Evolve 99. But, like, even me watching that... I thought that like it was a really good, really good show, and it makes me want to watch Evolve now. If you you've obviously signed up for the free month, yes. Watch Evolve '96. I will. That I'll put that on my watch list. And obviously, it's just my opinion or whatever. But I, this show absolutely killed it. There were some prelim matches. I know Dominic Garini is doing his Goldberg thing where he just runs through guys, which is a lot of fun. But there were some other guys on in the prelims that I'm not, I'm not talking about their matches. I do enjoy Stephen Wolf and not so much Jarek 120. Just from the from the Zack Sabre Jr. match, if you say that was the first non-prelim match onwards, this card was absolutely amazing. And it happened the same night as being the... There we go. And everyone else fell asleep except for me. <laughs> Just love Evolve too much. Just love Evolve too much. Alan watched again when he came on Club WN and he was absolutely raving about this card, card as well. But all of us were absolutely raving that night about Zack Sabre against EJZ. Amazing. I will definitely catch up with those. And yeah. I've just been way too long-winded about an Evolve card. But um, <laughs> was there anything else you watched in December? Um, Just bits of Tag League, which I feel like is too recent to really talk about. like, And kind of like everyone's probably watched Wrestle Kingdom at this stage so stuff that happened at that had implications for that so there's no really point in getting into any great details I was hopefully I'm hoping that we're going to get best friends back in New Japan 
I feel like Chuck Taylor, I could go on for days about him, but I really do feel like he deserves a spot like that somewhere. So it's 2017. Yay, we made it! <laughs> that was a lot of wrestling. And that I, was a lot of wrestling. It overwhelmed me to think about how much we didn't talk about. Yeah, we. there's just no way you could. No, I think we'd be here for another five hours going back. We made it. We made it through all of 2017. And now where do we go from here? Who knows? I mean, we have that chaos ultimate quiz, episode 15, penciled in. <laughs> and we're probably going to have to do a 16 carat like, post-show uh, thing because we're both going to be there. I think we should do it over there. Yeah, me too. Get some uh, get some other people involved. Yeah, uh, mix scraps goes to 16 carat. <laughs> All 20 of us. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're we're kind of invading. But yeah, I think I have a few like resolutions now. Even from starting this podcast, it's made me realize I need to kind of broaden my horizons. At least I kind of started that with watching Evolve, well, started, starting to watch it again. And, you know, having a few things on my list that I need to watch. I'm going to, I think Fight Club Pro is kind of one of those companies now that there's a lot of good talent and, and a lot of matches that I really want to see happening on their shows and, you know, booking to go to Progress and, and 16 Carat and, and that Pro Wrestling Eve show. So hopefully I'll have a more diverse selection than just New Japan and, and Ring of Honor and OTT to talk about. I'm going to try and watch more women's wrestling this year. I feel like I haven't supported women's wrestling enough in previous years. And it's something I need to rectify this year. And especially because there's so much good talent across Europe now. And I'm sure there is in the US too. Definitely. And I think it's great. Like OTT, the day that we are recording this, they released some of their names for their upcoming women's show. And that, like, it looks pretty good. I'm also going to try and watch more stuff on Powerbomb TV and more AAW this year. And NXT. I'm going to get into NXT. Yeah, I think I am too. It has to be done. But there's so many good names. Yeah, with my Mania trip coming up that I definitely wasn't doing this year, but ended up somehow ended up doing. I'm going to have to give WWE a bit of a try. The main shows again. I mean, like, I'll give it a go. If I'm not yeah. enjoying it, I'll just leave it. I mean, I'm not really paying as much attention as I would have previously, but I, the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn storyline is, uh, is, is enjoyable. Yeah, there's got to be some good stuff. Like, I'm going to enjoy the Royal yeah. Rumble. I always enjoy the Royal Rumble. Yeah, like, I have to say, the Royal Rumble is probably my favourite show of the year. And it's one, like, like obviously I probably will stay up for WrestleMania, watching it over here. But the Royal Rumble is kind of one that, like, I don't like watching it the next day. I know it's very easy to do and to avoid spoilers, but there's just something about it that's just a bit, something special about it. There is. I always look forward to the Royal Rumble and hopefully coming into Mania season, WWE is going to pick up a bit and, and be a bit more enjoyable. Fingers crossed. I mean, like, definitely, like, if there's anything to start with, it is Sammy and Kevin and Sammy being a really obnoxious... Oh, I love Sammy Zayn. Yeah, yeah, so good. There's a few, like, there's a few gems amongst the trash. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm going to try and be positive, Sarah. We'll, we'll, try, and make, we'll try and make this a positive podcast. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's enough negativity in the world. So I think next episode we will review the Royal Rumble, the OTT Homecoming show in Shore Road, and have some ideas about what this podcast is going to be about going forward. Definitely. And hopefully the next show I won't spend a half an hour talking about how me and Chuck Taylor became best friends. I'll try oh. and cut it. I'll cut it down to a solid 10. 10 <laughs> okay, so... 
thanks for listening. Yeah, and um, you can follow our show at uh, The Two Series, and that's with the number two. We really like seeing you guys sending us messages about the podcast, so keep them coming. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for giving us a, a go. I know there's so many great podcasts to choose from, uh, so thanks for giving ours a listen. Ian, sing us away. Now the show is over, and we still haven't met Rover. Time to get some rest and recharge But join us next time, won't you? And we'll discuss all those big issues Like Jesus, Waller's hands are so damn large Making friends and making times And wrestling round the world